things you should know right off the bat. I've had four cups of coffee. I'm a little nervous. Did I mention my name's Chadi? Yeah. Oh, um, this is a podcast for imperfect people, and uh, you should know that uh, I cry in corners. True story. family, this next series of episodes of the podcast are going to be the messages I've been preaching uh, over the last uh, 2022, 2023 uh, here in my home church, Hope St. Pete. Uh, I pray that they bless you. I pray that they, I pray that they inspire you in your faith, grow you in your faith, and grow you in your feelings. Yep. Okay. Love you, bye. So uh, we're going to jump right into our Christmas series. Our Christmas series, uh, as we began to plan this, we started to think about what exactly we wanted to say, you know? What exactly we wanted to say, what story we really wanted to tell, and we wanted to do it a little different. Um, Because every year, our family picks a word for the year. And we focus on this one word. And what I felt like the Lord was saying this year is that the church's word was behold. And all the things that God wants us to actually behold this season. So what we did is we looked at the traditional Christmas story and we pulled all of the things we don't want you to miss. Last week we talked about beholding the details. And we read through the genealogy of Jesus and the importance of the details is God is in the mundane little tiny things just as much as he's in the big things. And so today what we're going to do is we're going to talk through a story that maybe you've heard before, maybe you haven't heard before, but it is the story that sandwiches the story of Mary. Everyone knows the story of Mary. It was awkward. There's an angel. She gets pregnant. She has to have a weird uh, talk with her angel guy. It's just weird. I'm going to read it. It's going to be amazing. Um, But there's a story that sandwiches it right in the middle. So... I'm going to paraphrase this because I know you don't want me to read 68 verses, but I can because I love to read and I love to act out stories, but I'm not going to do that for you today because I don't have the cardio. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to pray and then we're going to jump right in. Lord, we love you. God, thank you for your story. Thank you, God, that this word is your story and it's not just the beginning of Luke that tells of your birth, God, but it's the whole word. And Lord, we thank you for your word today. We thank you for the things you allow us to see and the revelations that you give us that are new and fresh and for today. So I pray that this revelation be your revelation, these words be your words, God, and that you would be glorified through the next 30-something minutes that we're sitting here together. I love you with all my heart. In Jesus' name I pray. The church says amen and amen. So I am going to paraphrase the first half of this because it's a lot. We're going to start in Luke 1. So in Matthew 1, it kicks off with the not-so-traditional Christmas story. It starts off with the genealogy. Luke 1, which is awesome because Luke was a bit of a historian. He was a doctor. He starts off with a story about the birth of John the Baptist. Okay, John the Baptist was the prophet that was also the cousin of Jesus, who um, his mom was a very old lady who got pregnant out of nowhere. What happened was, is he had a dad who was a priest. Priests would go into the temple and they would do priestly things. Now, priests did not hear from God, prophets heard from God. And so he's walking around in the temple and all of a sudden, there's an angel. It was a little scary. He was a little freaked out because there shouldn't have been anybody in the temple. 
And the, temp, and the, the angel begins to tell him, hey man, good news, your wife's going to have a baby, it's going to be amazing, it's going to be a miracle, it's going to be super cool. He freaks out. It says in the Bible that he was legitimately shaken by what was going to happen and that the angel of the Lord had to say to him, calm down, bro, calm down. Have you ever been calmed down by someone to tell you to calm down? You know what doesn't calm me down? Calm down. And so the angel actually says to him, homie, calm down. That's the chatty version of the Bible. And so Zacharias is a little freaked out. He continues being freaked out. He's like, dude, I don't know if you've noticed. I'm old. My wife's old. There's a lot of old happening right here. And he's like, dude, it's okay. She's going to have a baby. And he goes, well, how do you know that? How do you know she's going to have a baby? And the angel says to Zacharias, bro, I'm Gabriel, the messenger of the Lord, who stands in his presence. I'm telling you. As I read that earlier today, not today, I've been reading it all week, but this morning I was reading it as well. I felt like some of you are missing the miracle in your life. And I've been reading about miracles all week long because today's message is called Behold the Miracles. But I feel like some of you are facing an impossible scenario. Zachariah was facing an impossible scenario. And when the miracle showed up, he had questions. And so what happens is you find out later in the story that Zechariah, he still doesn't like get it. He still has this really weird interaction with the angel, so much so that he ends up, the, his voice gets taken. He can't even talk anymore. He doesn't even talk until the baby's born many months later. And what we don't want to do as I'm telling this story, as we're talking about impossible scenarios, as we're talking about miracles, what I don't want you to do is sit in your seat today and say, Chadi, you don't know my impossible scenario. Pastor, you are crazy. You do not know the thing that I am facing because what will happen is you'll lose your voice in the process. You won't be able to talk about it. You won't be able to understand it. You won't be able to share it with your community. You won't have any confidence behind it. And then God won't be able to confirm it in you because you can't even talk about it. And that's what happened to Zachariah. His wife did indeed get pregnant, and it was awesome. She was so excited. She was like, oh my gosh, God has restored me to the women. Like, I am now not a barren woman. And in that society, it was like really bad to be barren. Like, it's like your one job, you know? And so we find that story has happened when Mary comes into the picture. We're jumping in. Here we go. Now you guys got the context. Now we're jumping into the story. It is directly in Luke. I want to make sure I say it right. Luke 1, 26 through 43. Six months later in Nazareth. Say six months later. Guys, God was moving on behalf of Mary long before she even knew it. Can I just remind you today that God's been working on your behalf? Can I just remind you today that you might not see it, but God is moving miracles, signs, and wonders. He is moving things on your behalf, things you didn't even see, things you don't understand. And it might have been six months ago. It might have been six days ago. But I just want to encourage you today. God is making moves on your impossible scenario. And so six months later in Nazareth, a city in rural province of Galilee, the heavenly messenger Gabriel made another appearance. He made another appearance. This wasn't his first time. He showed up again. This time, the messenger was sent, to, sent by God to meet with a virgin named Mary who was engaged to a man named Joseph, a descendant of David himself. Remember the genealogy, the details? It's important. 
the messenger entered her home and he said, greetings, you are favored and the Lord is with you. Among all women on the earth, you have been blessed. The heavenly messenger's words baffled Mary. Just like Zacharias, she was baffled. She was like, there's a strange man in my house. If that happened now, it would end up on Dateline NBC. There wouldn't, I don't think it would end up the way it did here. And so what happens here is he says something that's really significant. Listen, you are going to become pregnant. Awkward. That is an awkward thing to lead with. You will have a son and you must name him Savior or Jesus. Jesus will become the greatest among men. He will be known as the son of the highest God. And God will give him the throne of his ancestor David. And he will reign over the covenant family of Jacob forever. Which is awesome. It's a lot. It's a lot to take in. And um, she, like Zacharias, is like, ooh, that feels like a lot. That feels like a lot that you're giving me. Also, let's talk about she's a, she's a teenager at this point. She's never known a guy in any way, shape, or form. So she's like very confused about the story. That's going down. But this is what's really cool. The messenger says, Mary, don't be afraid. You have found favor with God. And then he says, listen, you are going to become pregnant, right? So, but she says, but I've never known a man. How can this be possible? And the Holy Spirit, he says, the Holy Spirit will come upon you. The most high will overshadow you. That's why this child will be known and not, as not just your son, but the son of God. It sounds impossible. This is it, my favorite part. But listen, you know your relative Elizabeth? has been unable to bear children. Hey, you know that lady who's also facing an impossible scenario? Your cousin, Elizabeth, she's like 170. She's pregnant. Have you guys ever, ever encountered someone who you're like, that would never happen for them, and then it does happen for them, and then you're like, God, I wish it would happen for me. That's what the situation was. Elizabeth, is, who was unable to bear children, is now far too old to be a mother. She has become pregnant as God willed it. Yes, in three months she will have a son. So the impossible is possible with God. Mary doesn't freak out like her cousin, Zacharias. She says, here I am, the Lord's humble servant, as you have said, let it be done to me. And so there's this like epic moment between the messenger and Mary, and it's awesome. And then it goes on to say in 39, this is where I want to stop. Mary immediately got up and hurried to the hill country in the province of Judah, where her cousin Zacharias and Elizabeth lived. There's a lot of miracles that are happening. A lot of things happen in life. I think we're always looking at miracles like they have to be like Red Sea moments. Like, Lord, I would need to win the Powerball. That's what I'm going to constitute as a miracle. But a miracle, if you look at the definition of it, it's where there has been some kind of heavenly intervention. How many of you guys can say, uh, without winning the Powerball, that God has had some heavenly intervention into your life? Anyone? Anyone? Had, I've had crazy, incredible miracles happen. God cured me of cancer when I was 26. I've had several health issues. I've seen, I've seen God do really supernatural things. But where I really started to see God move was when I really got into community at my church when I was a kid. I didn't want to go to church. I thought I was dumb. I thought my family was the mob because everybody, they were all pastors and stuff. I never wanted to be in the ministry. I literally thought the church was like the mob right? They do sketchy things. Nobody knows what they're doing, and they're all dressed really nicely, right? And so here we are. I always thought it was the mob, and then I went to a youth camp, like, you know, every kid in the 90s, and got really radically, like, I encountered the living God for myself, 
And so then I began to like run around with my community. It's like my godly community. I stopped hanging with the people I was hanging before and everything about my life was surrounded by this community. And we see Mary did the same thing. She hurried to godly community because when we're facing circumstances where you need God to move, where you need a miracle, where there's impossibilities, godly community is always there if you search it out. You guys are here today. It's awesome. You're here. But I want to encourage you. How are you searching out godly community during your week? Who are you calling when you are facing an impossible situation? Are you, are you calling your godly community? Are you calling us at the church? Are you, are you, are you locked into a, 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 a group, a community group? Who is the godly community? I don't know who that is for you. For me, I know who that is. I know it's my husband. I'll, I'll text some of the girls in the group. Hey, guys, I can't wait for sisterhood. I'm super psyched. I got breakfast set up with a couple of you. Like, I know who my people are. And then I have, like, my inner, inner circle that knows me, like, in my pajamas. You know those people. They're the ones that hear all the ugliness. Who are those people for you? Because we need that godly community to see the miracles come to pass. Because sometimes God will drop something really impossible in your hands, like a whole bunch of papers that you may not know how you're going to grade. Come on, can I get an amen, Miss Laura? And so you never know what you're going to do. Cynthia, it might be all those kids in your classroom on a Monday morning, and you're like, why did everybody call out of work today? I don't know what your impossible looks like, but I will tell you, God will meet you there, and it is in godly community that he will walk you through. It is so awesome what happens here next. See, because godly community, it's not just so you guys all hang out. What happens next is even more awesome. A heavenly messenger, he had gone. She goes to the hill country. She walks in, and when Mary entered their home and greeted Elizabeth, who, she felt her baby leap in her womb, and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. When you're facing an impossible situation, an impossible scenario, only you know what that is. I'm telling you, you need to run, hurry to godly community because community helps birth miracles. But also that community, what it does is it confirms the miracle. That baby leapt within her. Have you ever seen a friend when you're really tired, when you really just need a good friend to walk in the door, and that friend walks in the door and you're immediately filled with joy? Anyone? And then that friend walking in with Taco Bell, you know what I'm saying. Like, anyone just ever had that friend that's just like, you just need that friend to walk in the door, and when they walk in, your heart just gets happy? You just feel peaceful? You just know that everything's going to work out okay? God wants to confirm his goodness in your life. He wants to confirm his faithfulness in your life. And he does it through people. And he did it here with Mary. Mary's about to deal with some serious stuff. Guys, back in the day, actually nowadays, in that place, you could have been stoned. She was, she was engaged to somebody else. She was engaged to a man she had never known. And here it is, all of a sudden she is uh, what it perceived as knocked up, no longer good for anything, some of us, when life knocks us up a little bit, really what we should do is run to the right community. Some of us, what we really should do is run to that community that's going to confirm who God is in our lives, in our lives. And that's the most important thing that I want you to understand, that I want you to see, that I want you to behold, is that community without confirmation is kind of, it's like, what is it? It's just a hangout. We might as well just go to the movies. 
I want to hang out with people that can confirm God's goodness in my life, that can confirm that God is working on miracles on my behalf. I want to be with a community that is moving towards confirmation and is also moving towards confidence. Not confidence in me, but confidence in God. Elizabeth then looks at Mary and she says, you are blessed, Mary, blessed among all women. And the child you bear is blessed and blessed as I am well that the mother of the Lord has come to me. As soon as I heard your voice greet me, my baby leapt within me. How fortunate you are, Mary, for you believe that what the Lord told you would be fulfilled. Some of you are wondering, how are you going to navigate this holiday season blessed? I'm barely getting by. Chotty, my family's a little crazy. You don't know what I'm contending with this holiday season. I'm just holding on for dear life. I will tell you that when you change your confidence from confidence in you to your confidence in God, miracles happen. Because it has nothing to do with you and everything to do with God. I remember being about 17 years old. I was working at Winn-Dixie because that's what you do when you grow up in Duval County and in the in the hood where I grew up there wasn't a whole lot of jobs and so the only place was a grocery store and so I worked at Winn-Dixie at five in the morning. I was the only cashier there. It was kind of sketchy but I enjoyed it. It was fun. Nobody talked to me. It was a great job for an introvert and I made a lot of money because I would work really early in the morning and I would take all the holidays. And I was really hungry. I was really hungry that morning. And, um, you know, we really, I didn't grow up with a lot of money. And so there was no breakfast that morning. It was, we were going to work. And so I needed to go to work because I had a new, brand new 1983 Toyota Celica that my uncle had just bought me. And um, I was paying him every month. If you don't know what a 1983 Toyota Celica looks like in 1999, it looked like it was from 1983. It had brown leather. It smelled delicious. I called it the Banana Mobile. It looked a little bit like a DeLorean from Back to the Future, but it was baby yellow. It's just tacky. It was amazing. But like it was a tank. And I loved this car. And so it it, it was a miracle when I got this car because my family could not afford to get me anything. And my uncle, lovingly, he's like my godfather, he bought me this car, and it, it, was like, it was like the greatest miracle of my life. And so this miracle pushed me to go to work at 6 a.m. A couple years later, people started driving Hondas. Hondas were real cool back then. Like, like you were so cool when I was like 19, 20 years old, and you drove a Honda Accord. Oh my God, I've made it. And so, all of a sudden, my miracle 1983 banana yellow Celica became not a miracle for me. It started to feel a little bit like, um, oh, I don't know, I just, I, like, I didn't like it anymore. And it was like, it was kind of embarrassing. Like, I was like, I don't want people to see me in this car. Like, the air conditioning didn't work, so I'd have to roll down the windows and stick my head out like Ace Ventura when I was driving around. Like, if, if, like and then I'd be, like, if in the rain, the windshield wipers would go out, and I'd have to, and so like, I couldn't see anything, and again, stick my head out. Like, it was, like, this miracle that was an absolute miracle. A couple years later, I forgot that it was a miracle. So, you know, me being the, genius that I am, went to a very sketchy car dealership, picked the only uh, Honda Accord I could find. It was baby blue, and I bought it. And I let my Celica rot in, I didn't even, I paid it off, and then I just left it there. Nobody drove it. And over the years, I ended up getting married. That Honda was a lemon. The air conditioning didn't work. The transmission blew about three months after I got it. 
Um, we ended up having to sell it after we got married. The brakes would go out at all random times. And you know what? I, always get, I used to get mad at God because that happened. And then Hurricane Floyd came through, and a tree landed on my Celica, and the car was finally gone. But so was the Honda. And it's funny sometimes how God will give us a miracle and then we would just leave it to the side and let the storms of life take it. And then we take on something that we think is a miracle and it's actually a lemon. Mary didn't even give time for the Honda Civic to come into her life because she was holding on to that Celica like there was nobody's business. And I think some of us are missing the miracle in our life because we're waiting for the Honda and God's given you a 1983 Celica that you couldn't afford and that your uncle gave you and he just really loved you, just wanted you to have it. It's the little things that are the miracles, guys. It's the little things that are the miracles. Everyone reads the Mary story and reads the Elizabeth story and they see the fact that they got pregnant as a miracle. It is. It's an absolute miracle. You know what I think is a bigger miracle? That she was able to get to Judea right after, that she, right after she found out she was pregnant. And she got to spend three months with her cousin. She got to spend three months with someone who was going through the exact same thing she was going through. How many of you have ever been through something? And then all of a sudden, a person who's been going through the same thing just shows up and you're like, finally, finally, I'm not by myself. That's how Mary felt. That godly community that was birthing, that, that was the real miracle. I saw a meme one time that said, finding friends as an adult is an actual, like, act of God. Because even Jesus, he had Judas, you know? Yeah, like, think about Jesus and his friend group. He had Peter, who always spoke out of turn. You know, there's always that one guy. You know what I mean? Then you have Judas, who's just like, oh my God, why are we even friends? Like, but Mary, God, before anything happened, he had set up months before for godly community to come around her and facilitate the miracle so that she would see the miracle with the right eyes and not leave it off for the storm. Because the storm was coming. She was going to have to go back and tell Joseph, hey, so awkward turtle, what had happened was an angel of the Lord, like an actual angel, came down, and this is what he told me. And poor Joseph is going to have to go, what? What did you say? I'm really excited for you to preach that next week. It's going to be fun for you. She had a real storm coming, but that tree wasn't going to fall on her miracle because she was surrounded by godly community. The other thing that I love so much is the confirmation that she's given. My husband, sometimes when things are, are going a little haywire in my life, will walk into my situation to help me fix it. And nobody fixes anything the way my husband does. I'm going to brag on him a little bit. He is the king of fixing things. Like, actual, he can actual fix things. Like, electric things. Like, door things. Like, things you don't even know you needed a fixer for. He knows how to fix. And when we got married, I did not know that that was a thing. I thought you just call somebody, or like my dad, you just yell at it and then hope to God something happens. Like, the TV's not working, and what do you do? And like, he troubleshoots. He is the king of troubleshooting. And there are so many times in my life where I will be so upset about something and Esteban will come in and he'll troubleshoot it for me. And what I realize is, this is what Elizabeth did for Mary. 
She said, hey, I know you're pregnant. That's going to be weird for you. Yeah, I'm six months ahead. This is what we can actually do. This is what it's going to be like. This is what it's going to feel like. It's going to be weird because I'm old and you're young. And you know what? Everyone's going to look at you a little weird. I've been hiding out because, you know, it's a little strange that all of a sudden I'm pregnant. I totally get it. Let's bring it in. Let's bring it in. She troubleshot that situation for Mary. That's a miracle. Come on, can I get an amen for the friends that come in and troubleshoot our situation? Can I get an amen for those friends in that community that God brings in and says it's going to be okay? How about the moms who do our homework? Come on, Mason, can I get an amen for that? No? Amen. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Well, I want to make sure I, I, I say what I needed to say because, yeah, some of you are. I wrote this down this morning. Because, and I'm going to repeat it. I think I probably have already said it, but it just immediately came back to me. And I just feel like someone needs to hear it. Some of you may be facing impossibilities, but impossible is the kind of soil God uses to plant his miracles. I'm going to say it again. Some of you may be facing impossibilities, but impossible is the kind of soil God uses to plant his miracles. And so we look at Mary. That was an impossible situation. You look at Elizabeth, that was an impossible situation. And some of you are facing impossible situations. The holidays always feel a little impossible. But God wants to root you in community. So that the miracles and the dreams and the things you have in your heart, he can actually grow. And he wants to confirm those things in you. He wants you to walk into a room and your dreams leap. He wants you to walk into a room and the things that you felt like you didn't have anyone speaking into, that someone, whether they're in the building or they're at group or you get a phone call and all of a sudden you feel the joy of the Lord rise up within you and you're like, oh, I'm not alone. You know, D, you know what I'm talking about? I'm not alone. Because during the holiday season, the enemy will tell you that you are alone. During this holiday season, it's like his only shtick that he's got. He's running around and he's like, oh, the holidays. All of a sudden, that Publix commercial comes on and you're just sad. You know what I mean? Like, all of a sudden, it's just like, you know, like it's like a Christmas song kicks in. And it's a little, you know, rat packy. And you're just like, what is happening? Why am I sad right now? This is the holidays. It should be a magical experience. And it's not. But the enemy will tell you you don't have community, but you do. The enemy will tell you that there's no one around to confirm the good things that God is doing in your life. But that's a lie. And he wants you to be confident, not just in who you are, but in who he is. Because he is coming. Oh my gosh, I love the Christmas story. He is coming. A couple of stories down, you're going to see the shepherds, you're going to see the magi. It's going to be amazing. God is going to do something. He's coming into a world to literally bring freedom. And some of you guys are facing impossible situations, but I promise you when it comes, there's going to be freedom. I promise you when it comes, there's going to be salvation. I promise you when it comes, there's going to be hope. There's going to be joy. This is the season to rejoice because freedom is coming. Come on, you guys can get, do better than that. Freedom is coming. I think about that all the time. Like, Jesus, the following you is awesome. It's hard, but it's awesome. And it's because of what we get and what we get to experience with him. It's what we get to behold because if we truly walk out these things, if we truly walk out the ways of Jesus, if we truly walk out these type of impossible scenarios like Mary did, faith, 
that didn't need an explanation. Faith that didn't need a detailed plan. Faith that ran to community. Faith that did not take time to wait to allow the miracle to grow. She was like, okay, we're going to go ahead and just do this. Gosh, can you imagine the miracles that would happen in our church? Can you imagine the miracles that will happen in your family? Guys, we spent the entire last two weeks building out the year for the church, building out what we were believing God to do with our community. I hope that you're ready. That's why these next couple weeks are so important. That's why they're so strategic. How you end one season will determine how you enter into the next. And we want to finish strong. So what does that look like for you? What's a practical? What does that mean? Chadi, we're holding miracles. Cool, we got it. Confirmation, community, got it. I'll be confident. And God, got it. Cool, 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 cool. What does that have to do with me? It means that you need to be the godly community for other people, and you might need to call some people this week. You might need to invite some people to church. You might need to invite some people to group. You might need to do a little Bible study in your house. You might need to get up a little earlier to pray in the morning. You got to say yes in this season so he can do some impossible things for you in the next. Amen? Amen. God wants to use your impossible scenario to surround you with community, confirm who he is in your life, and give you the confidence to live out his purpose, his plan, and his path for you. And Mary did this. And because Mary did this, and because Elizabeth did this, we now get to experience freedom and we now get to experience hope. Amen. Hey guys, thank you so much for listening uh, to the podcast. I hope that this message inspired you and that you leave, um, I don't know, encouraged, encouraged to continue to make Jesus famous in your world. And uh, yeah, just know I'm praying for you and I'm thankful for you. And uh, let's, um, I don't know, stay in touch. Send me a DM. Let me know how this message blessed you. And um, if you could be so kind, uh, leave me a review on the podcast. Uh, So whether it's on Apple or whether it's Spotify, I'd love to hear from you. All right, guys. uh, 